Have you ever looked at someone and were convinced that you knew them, only to find them to be a duplicate of the person you knew? Perhaps you have looked at yourself in the mirror and realized that you are the spitting image of your parents or siblings. The genetic makeup of identical twins has always been a fascinating biological occurrence, not to mention a miracle for families to conceive. But what if the creation of a twin or lookalike was purposefully configured to preserve the status of a worldwide phenomenon? In this video, we revisit the age of peace and love, an era which defined music, artistic expression, and one of the most bizarre cases of mistaken identity the world has ever seen. Together, we will investigate the conspiracy surrounding the biggest band of the 1960s, the Beatles, and the question which plagued a nation for years. Did Paul McCartney die in a car accident in 1966? There will surely be a few double takes in this one, so without further ado, let us dive down the rabbit hole and see where this one takes us. With the recent resurgence of eerie horror films such as Us, Get Out and Split, the issue concerning personality shifts and doppelgangers has become a topic of interest for many filmmakers and storytellers. It is fitting that such a trend can reveal stories of the past that fall into this subject matter. In this case, it surrounds the debate that singer Paul McCartney died in a car accident in 1966 and the drastic measures taken to conceal the tragedy and to keep him alive and in the spotlight. It all started with a rumor. Things had gone rather quiet for the Fab Four. They had recently become disillusioned with the music scene and bored of performing to sell out stadiums and massive crowds. It was decided that the Revolver Tour would be their last, and so the band took a well-earned hiatus from the world and its adoring fans. It is not known exactly when or who started the rumor, but by the time 1967 arrived, it was being declared that Paul McCartney had died in a car accident on the 9th of November the previous year after having an argument with his fellow bandmates. According to the so-called reports, it was said that McCartney had fled the infamous Abbey Road studios and had been speeding down the M1 motorway system, one of the main routes from London to the north of England, where he suddenly skidded off icy roads and crashed into a pole, decapitating him. With this unfortunate yet highly convenient cause of death, the conspiracy evolved from run of the rumour mill to a worldwide discussion. College campuses across the UK and the United States, where the Revolver Tour had completed its run, were in complete shock and dismay about the whole situation, and wondered what would happen next. Having already crashed his moped in 1965, which resulted in minor damage to his teeth, stories of a more disastrous accident spread like wildfire, resulting in demand for answers from the band's fanbase. Quick to quash the rumours were the editors of the Beatles monthly magazine, a booklet which contained all information and gossip surrounding the band. Without the use of internet, such editorials were heavily relied on for their news and updates. So in an attempt to shut down the conspiracy, the magazine's February 1967 edition stated that there was absolutely no truth in it at all, and that when telephoned at home, it was answered by Paul himself, who had been at home all day with his black Mini Cooper safely locked up. This statement accompanied by a public appearance by Paul himself with the band to promote their last album, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, helped to settle the initial panic. However, the story would be reignited in 1969 with apparent evidence and strange symbolism relating to the mysterious case of Paul McCartney's death and supposed body double through the band's artwork, lyrics and music. Let's make our way further down the rabbit hole. After John Lennon announced to the rest of the band that he was leaving to concentrate on his own creative path and personal life with Yoko Ono, it undoubtedly hit the band hard and ultimately forced McCartney to retreat into isolation 
with his then-wife Linda and their children. A notable reference is that Lennon met Yoko Ono at the Indica Art Gallery in London on November 9, 1966, the same night Paul apparently died, with diehard fans and collective groups on both sides of the Atlantic unconvinced of the initial rebuttal. It didn't take long for the story to hit the headlines again. A caller by the name of Tom Zarsky, a college student from Detroit, Michigan, made a call to his local radio station, WKNR, on October 12, 1969, believing to have significant evidence of Paul's death. When asked to play the intro to Revolution 9 backwards, it can be interpreted as saying the words, Turn Me On, Dead Man. The track, which divided opinion upon its release from the band's eponymous White Album, is an experimental mashup of noises, speeches, and various otherworldly sounds, which was pieced together by John Lennon and accompanied by Yoko Ono. It is heavily influenced by the avant-garde art movement, which John and Yoko were very much a part of, and according to Lennon, was an unconscious picture of what I actually think will happen when it happens. That was just like the drawing of revolution. So as the 60s were drawing to a close and the future of art, music, and the rapidly changing world seemed so terrifying and exciting at the same time, every little detail seemed to be scrutinized and taken to heart. The method used to play songs in reverse to purposefully generate additional lyrics or messages is known as backmasking, used by many popular artists stemming from Led Zeppelin and Judas Priest to Missy Elliott and Miley Cyrus. The audio technique was first popularized by the Beatles themselves and is said to contain deliberate messages alluding to the death of Paul. However, before we continue to go deeper into this story of evidence and symbolism, let us take a moment to discuss the role of the body double in this bizarre case. If Paul was dead, then who was the other Paul? According to the theory, in the immediate aftermath of McCartney's death in 1966, the band's status as being the most important and popular artists in the world could not come to such a horrifying and dramatic end. The concern of social sadness, uproar, and anarchy, accompanied by mass suicides by young women, were especially worrisome to the government and politicians at the time, not to mention the record labels who were heavily reliant on the economic income from the band's sales. With the apparent involvement of the British intelligence agency MI5, a look-like competition was carefully drafted and conducted in secret, which resulted in the winner being a Scotsman named William Campbell, or Billy Shears as he would become most associated. Having a similar face to Paul was easy to work with right off the bat, and with a little plastic surgery and the band growing moustaches for the release of Sgt Pepper helped to preserve the premise that Paul was alive and well. Not only was Shears adopting the face of Paul, but with the band's help was also able to impersonate Paul's singing as he already had a singer's voice. Some believe the inclusion of the hit single with a little help from my friends is Shears' supposed appreciation of Lennon, Starr and Harrison's acceptance and support of his joining the band. The story also goes that Campbell was a lonely orphan so there would be no immediate threat to his unmasking or sufficient information relating to his background. But surely the resurrected foursome would be back on cloud nine. Wrong. As the group were revered as godlike figures in the music and film scene, they were still human beings at the end of the day human beings with a conscience and feelings such as guilt and shame. So now as we burrow deeper into this never-ending rabbit hole, let us look at the hidden secrets, subliminal messages and eerie coincidences that the Beatles tried to convey and tell us that Paul McCartney was indeed dead, according to the theories. Let us return to the White Album for a moment, and specifically the song I'm So Tired, released in November 1968. 
The song is a relatively harmless tune about feelings of longing, lethargy and love, with a quirky outro which is sung by Lennon. Monsieur, 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 how about another one? When played backwards using the backmasking craft, seems to echo the phrase, Paul is a dead man, miss him, miss him, miss him. Could this be Lennon's admission of Paul's demise through this method? Although record labels were happy to allow fans to damage their records by trying to play them backwards and subsequently have to repurchase them for a second or even third time, the band didn't seem to need backmasking for their hit single, Strawberry Fields Forever. When listened to carefully, the outro to the record has Lennon's voice saying something deep and distorted. Some believe it's the words cranberry sauce, some say it's I am bored. However, the selective hearing theorists insist it is Lennon declaring I buried Paul. Have a listen yourself and see what you think. I guess sometimes we hear what we want to hear. We have all maintained we know lyrics to certain songs before we start singing them and are greeted with confused, bewildered faces of those who have no clue what we're singing. What this theory needed was visual evidence to suggest that the band's lead singer was no longer with us, and so we now turn our attention to the symbolism of the band's cover art and the face of Paul himself. The release of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band came at a time when psychedelic mysticism and experimental drug use were widespread in the entertainment and public domain. Artwork representing this new age phenomenon was also present and forefront on many band albums, lyrics and musical transitions, so it came as no surprise that keeping within this popular cultural movement, the band's cover for Sgt. Pepper was as colourful and hallucinatory as one would expect. Filled with famous faces, musical instruments and flowers, the four bandmates stand front and centre in their most vibrant and fantastic outfits. However, if we look closer, we can find clues to the supposed death of Paul, starting with the man himself. On the cover, there is an open palmed hand just above McCartney's head, which some attribute to a priest blessing or signifying his last rites before or after death. Paul is also holding a black musical instrument, whilst the others are holding brass apparatus. This can also be interpreted as that of nothingness, or the band's mourning of their beloved friend. On the back cover, Paul is the only one with his back to the camera as well. Is this significant? Look at the bass guitar of Yellow Flowers. It only has three strings. Could it be that the fourth missing string is Paul? If the hidden messages of grief were not noticeable, perhaps those of the explicit fatality concerning Paul are. A mirror reflection of the Lonely Hearts logo on the band's drum set presents us with the phrase 11-9 he die, which along with the blood-stained driving glove at the right-hand side of the cover relates to the date and manner in which Paul died. So Paul is dead and his death is referenced through mourning and the important information of his demise in Sgt. Pepper. However, if we switch on the infamous Abbey Road album, it reveals more to us. For starters, and the most obvious being Paul's bare feet, as the four men walk across the pedestrian crossing at Abbey Road Studios. Although McCartney maintains this was done due to it being a warm day, there were numerous attempts to take the perfect shot of the men as they walk across the tarmac. The shoelessness and cigarette smoking of Paul, and the fact that the other members of the band are leading with their left leg in the shot is proof by theorists that something is unnatural and out of sync with his surviving companions. Those same theorists also point to the Volkswagen car in the background, particularly its registration, 28IF, which is confirmation that Paul would have been 28 years old if he was alive at the time of the photoshoot. 
Costumes in the Abbey Road and Magical Mystery Tour album covers are also extremely significant and loaded with symbolism. The answer is staring us right in the face. John Lennon's Christ-like figure, complete with long hair and beard, is followed by Ringo's all-in-black Undertaker, and capped off with George Harrison's blue grave digger denims. If we turn our attention to that of the Magical Mystery Tour cover, we see Lennon, Starr and Harrison, dressed in various animalistic white costumes. However, Paul is positioned underneath, all in black and arms outstretched, as if to indicate crucifixion or sacrificial annihilation. Certain Arctic cultures foresee the black walrus as indicative of death. Could this have been a deliberate clue to the Beatles' revelation? Again, if we look hard enough, we notice that the word Beatles on the Mystery Tour album, when observed upside down, reveals a telephone number. For a short period of time, if the number was called, seemed to reveal certain aspects of Paul's death and became a hotline for diehard fans and truth seekers. Another visual discrepancy is that of Paul's face itself. Between the years of 1966 and 1969, McCartney's ears, nose and chin seem to differ in size. The distance between his eyes has been equalised, and the rest of his facial features seem to project abnormalities in every picture taken between these years. His nose is longer and wider, and his chin dramatically points downward, emphasising his trademark pout. When observed from an alternative angle, it is evident that Paul's face has definitely changed. Could this be coincidence, and just a result of consistent smoking, drinking and drug use? Or is the face of Billy Shears looking back at us, hoping his mask is not about to slip? Either way, the question remains the same. As mentioned earlier, the revelation from John Lennon that he was due to leave the band led McCartney to seek refuge to his farmhouse in Campbellton, Scotland. In the fall of 1969, Paul and his family would be infiltrated by the media press at his lodge and ultimately led to an altercation and violent outrage from the band's lead singer. Embarrassed and fearful of his image being tarnished, it was agreed that Paul would submit an interview to Life magazine in exchange for the prints of his uncharacterised behaviour. Under the headline, Paul is still with us, McCartney would declare his love for his family, fans, and reiterate his livelihood in the magazine's November 1969 edition which seemed to dissolve the conspiracy that he was dead. This admission did not detract the obsessive theorists from their theory, and with the rise of numerous publications and eventually the internet, the story has grown stronger than ever. So did Paul McCartney die in a car accident in 1966? Probably not. However, the story and its subliminal messaging has continued to gain traction amongst the conspiracy theory community, forcing us to look and think twice about what we are listening to and looking at from the band's perspective. With the rise of Photoshop and deepfake applications rendering us clueless as to the whereabouts and livelihoods of our favourite celebrities, politicians and fellow man, it is uncertain where and when the lives of others can be inserted or discarded from this world. Could it be that the Paul McCartney conspiracy was the first of these experiments and has ultimately fooled us all? I guess we'll have to wait and see. For now, at this moment, there is a man named Paul McCartney who travels the world and plays to millions of people. Whether or not the man we see in front of our eyes is real or not is up to you to decide. But as we dig ourselves out of the rabbit hole that is the conspiracy of Paul McCartney, please remember that the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Until next time, thanks for watching Destination Declassified, and keep your eyes open.